I, also I know you saw... want to be arty with your direction and everything, but the end, I'll... you know, it's a stupid superhero movie. Like, maybe yeah. don't be too arty. This show is not for the easily offended. So if you are easily offended, go listen to something else. Welcome back, everybody. Indie Comic Book Noise. Yay! We're here with another exciting episode. We have our three regular hosts. Super Steve is resting. At every New Year's Eve, he has to battle interdimensional demons to stop our universe from collapsing. So he's earning a well-earned rest in the comic book bunker. Make sure you thank Super Steve for protecting our universe. But... Here, sacrificing himself from his own internal battles is the WWX whirlwind himself from the Arctic ice box, Kevin. Let's get noisy. And welcoming in 2023 from the nation's capital, the Ottawa Otter himself, Phil. Say hi, Phil. Well, Canada's warm again, so it's no longer an ice box. (laughs) And down south from L.A., it's me, Andrew the L.A. Rabbit. Here, bringing you, starting out your 2023 correctly, hopefully, you know. I hope everyone had a fun and safe New Year's Eve. Indie Comic Noise, part of the Deliberate Noise Network. You know, you can find old shows and show notes at our website, IndieComicBookNoise.com. As you heard from the beginning, we have a little disclaimer, but as I always say to disclaim our disclaimer, we never really say anything controversial. Kevin? Except that time we did, I guess, right? And you I know, mean, we used to I mean, it was the time we made fun of Aftershock. I mean, that I wasn't know. really controversial, though. I mean, were we really mean? making fun of them or the situation? I like Aftershock. Why? What happened to them? Uh, they're not paying creators. Uh, well, no, none of the and companies. Not, and then they went to bankruptcy. Is it all the companies doing that to creators now? I mean, you you do have a point, Phil. I mean, that is pretty much standard practice, but, you know. Yeah, it's not just Action Lab anymore. Yikes. But we're here to talk about whatever we feel like that's related to the wide, all-encompassing world of indie comic books. And as a segue to such all-encompassing, Phil, I did watch uh, the other day. Oh, you did? Yeah. Yeah, it was it was Get okay. Off this podcast. <laughs> I mean, I guess my problem is it felt like they wanted to do a lot of different things, like a lot of ideas about the role of superheroes and imperative. Yeah. And then they kind of half-assed it all, like we'll just put music, a bunch of stuff in and and the music didn't match up with the scenes. Did that bug you? Like that was bugging me the whole time. Well, I just felt like it was about one or two drafts away from being finished. Like. Mm-hmm. Cut out, like, folk, pick one or two themes, focus on them, really drill down. I was, it was a, I didn't really know. I'm an old man, so I only knew the old actors, Pierce Brosnan and Dwayne Johnson. Mm-hmm. I assume those young kids are from some hot, I mean, I, I recognize the guy playing Hawkman. Because I, like, I watched, uh, uh, is it Typhoon, the girl? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah her, something like Hurricane or Typhoon. Yeah, her I liked a lot. I thought she was really good. She was named after some sort of tropical drink, but I was just like, oh, maybe they're like Disney stars or, you know, some kind yeah, of I'm not sure where they thing to get from. the kids involved. But yeah, it just felt like a little all over the place and I would have preferred more focus, but I don't know. I was also never a big guy. I remember reading stories like mm-hmm. what happened to his pointy ears too? Did they just get rid of them? Oh, were they not in there? I didn't notice. I didn't really feel like he, well, he had the big pointy not. ears anymore, but since we're turning this to a DC podcast, this is all getting cut out. You're gonna hear next. Hey, what do you think week, about that beep? We... Hey, what about that beep? And that's all that's gonna be in this episode. Next week, are we covering the Spawn Batman crossover? No, I'm. Uh, 
my spawn train has been derailed. But this is Spawn Batman. Come on, man. Oh, I don't. I, I, I'm. I'm. I don't know if I'm recovered enough to get into Spawn <sighs> again. Spawn is not for me, Phil. I found its stories oh, no. to be. Remember, I found out it's not for me again. <laughs> for like the fifth time. <laughs> I don't this know. Is <laughs> this is different. I do like your optimism. <laughs> Maybe I will, Phil. Maybe if I get to the comic store, I'll dive back in. Your enthusiasm is sparking my enthusiasm. All right, Kevin, Mr. You guys don't talk about the right things. What would you like us to talk about? Well, I was just wondering how big of a Garth Annis fan you were. Uh, I used to be a huge fan, but to be honest, I feel like it's been years since I've read something by him. I mean, I know he does like the, the war comics and everything. Well, that's what I didn't like about him was his war really? comics. Yeah. The, the thing you didn't like is the thing he likes writing. I know. But well, I, just I thought uh, you were more of a Chris Gaines guy, Kevin. Chris Gaines? That's a Garth Brooks joke. Uh, he was a musician. Garth Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> who created a fake, uh, like an alter ego. You know how musicians sometimes, like David Bowie would reinvent himself. He created a character called Chris Gaines and did some music what? under that name. Is I think this, this is like before a Frank your... Whiteley thing? I think this is before your time. He was a, a famous musician, but a long time ago. Oh, okay. I'll take your word for it. You seriously? Like, I thought you were being sarcastic, Kevin. I'm I'm always being sarcastic, but sometimes I really don't know what he's talking I, about. I forget that Kevin misses large swaths of pop culture. At one point, uh, I know Garth who Brooks Garth had Brooks like sold is. more albums. I know who David Bowie is. Had sold more albums, I think, than the Beatles or whatever. But like, he was a pretty big deal. But it was in like the '80s or '90s, so it might have been before your time. Well, anyways, my dumb joke failed. So let's go on. And uh, so, tell me about Garth Ennis. Now, oh, again, apologies to listeners <laughs> who don't know who uh, Garth Brooks is. Uh, but, I mean, he was like a big like number. Oh, I mean, it's country music, so maybe that's why you just missed it entirely. But he really did sell like a ton, like 157 million certified albums in the U.S. Like, I, I know you guys really like country during the 90s. <laughs> I feel and like I watched those retrospectives like... on each decade, and I've determined that the '90s is the worst musical decade. It could be, but I mean, he sold a lot of me. Like, I don't even know his songs. I don't think. I mean, I'm sure if I heard one, but I thought he was a pretty well. Phil, you've heard of Garth Brooks, right? Well, of course. <laughs> I'm thinking though that Kevin may have been like grown in a lab. <laughs> that's why he's missed all these years because this doesn't make sense. Were you in a coma ever? Was I ever in a coma? Because there's so much he has an experience. I might have been in a Nintendo coma. does not make sense for a geek, you know. Like, well, well, to be why fair, would I, I, why would I be ever in? We didn't cross paths a lot, um, and it's not like you have everyone subjecting you to stuff. Who's never on the seen internet? Labyrinth? Hey, look, I was not a fan, but some of these ubiquitous cultural influences kind of. Like, I haven't heard of, uh, I haven't listened to a lot of Hannah Montana, Miley Cyrus, but I've heard of the characters. Yeah. I still don't know Wait, any that's of another the songs, reference. though. It's just like Kevin Garth Brooks. Know. I don't know any of the, the, I couldn't even name you a song. Uh, Hannah Montana and Miley Cyrus are the same person, Kevin. I it's still can't one name you a song. I don't know what Oh, maybe Wait, I can name you one Miley Cyrus. Yeah, Wrecking Ball. Miley Cyrus? That's the only what I can do, too. Yeah, that's a song. But anyways, there it's the same thing. That was another person that had another character. She had a TV show, and she was a singer. But her real name is the Miley Cyrus, but she also was known as Hannah Montana. But you, know you don't need to know that either. Kevin. I'm thinking a spinoff podcast where we teach Kevin about life. <laughs> yeah, but wow. Phil, then we have to like listen to a bunch of girls. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's true. But anyways, what's Garth Brooks working? Or Garth Ennis? Garth. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how much you know about the Rogue Trooper. And 2023. I, uh, that's uh, from uh, 20AD or whatever, right? Isn't that yeah. uh, Finley? Isn't that... Is he dead? <laughs> <laughs> I 
there's a video game also, if I remember correctly. That I did had. he pass away? I I don't know. But oh, I just of course, thought it was you wouldn't know the guy that created the character, Kevin. You only care about what character. hot new. Oh yeah, Gary Finley, Gary yeah. Finley Day, and Dave Gibbons. Yeah, like is he? Are they still around or whatever? Um. I mean, I know you don't want original creators getting any money off this stuff, Kevin. They didn't work for it, but... Well, I mean, some people believe, like, you know, the, the kids shouldn't be getting rich. Like, the money just goes to the person that's alive. That yeah. type of thing, but... Looks know. like he's still alive, Kevin. So, you know, was, you beat little me respect. To it. Well, I know a lot of those 2000 AD guys are on that edge of, uh, you know, getting older with... Uh, Obviously, uh, you're dark, Andrew. Very dark. Well, I'm still, you know, you know, guy. You guys know what a big Kevin O'Neill fan I was, and he was a 2000 AD year. Yeah, the, the, his the legendary story about him in the comics code. I was, I'm like, always like, what? Yeah, it's not like <laughs> he broke the comics code. <laughs> well, he did have a very distinctive style. But anyway, <laughs> you were talking about uh, Jerry Finley Day. I was, you were. Yeah, Rogue Trooper. Yeah, Rogue Trooper. Yeah, I just thought it was interesting. It said coming in 2023, uh, Garth Ennis, Patrick Goddard, uh, Rogue Trooper returns, and I'm like, oh, that might actually work out. Yeah, well, I, it's a character that's certainly been around for a while. Like I said, I don't think I've read that much of it, to be honest with you. I think I've just heard about it, like like Dread. I think I've just heard about a lot of Dread. Yeah, but now you've read a lot of Dread, thanks to I, I, your 2022 Dread dive. I've read some Dread, yeah. I, I have Dread train is running, and I now know that that people usually when when they you ask for like that all time Dread story, I now know they they tell you when the law died or the cursed Earth, when they could definitely give you something more current. Or definitely give you the the other '80s story, so I know like you can also go to like World War Three, or then you can go to that uh, Day of Chaos. So I know that. Well, well, in defense of those people, I don't have the numbers handy, but I would bet you he sold a lot more comics in the '80s than he does today. Who I think books? the British comics aren't at the height they used to be, at least for 2000 AD sales. I don't know. Don't let the uh, who are they owned by Rebellion or whatever nowadays. They probably sell more than when when they got bought by Rebellion because they were seemed like they were going under. Yeah. So I mean they had some dark days and I think generally uh, periodical business is rough all around. It feels like it isn't. It isn't. Well, magazines ain't doing great. I can tell you. <laughs> I mean, all, all I know is that comics are booming. Andrew, that's all I know. Yeah, but what type of comics, Kevin? 2000 AD? Rogue Trooper spinoffs? Or is it your One Pieces and your I Dog mean, Man? Isn't One Piece like the most popular uh, comic in the world? Yeah. So, I oh, mean, really? just because that that's is? selling like billions of comics. Oh, yeah. That, that, that... That, that guy's like living in a mansion, like like going through gold coins like Scrooge McDuck. Probably not an exaggeration. Yeah, no crap. You think he just hires like loads of interns to just keep <laughs> cranking it out? Like, I mean, okay. that is the weird thing ab about that, right? Is they have assistants, and I'm like, I don't usually see assistants like credited, and then they go on to like, like do their own series and become like someone sometimes. I mean, that guy would be a fool if he doesn't have like eight sets being written concurrently so he can just stockpile it. I mean, he, he does have a crazy work ethic, though, that, and he just keeps on putting that stuff out. Yeah, well, he keeps putting it out. Are we sure it's him every day, Kevin? I mean, there there is something in there every week that he, he's, he's done. Including signing his name to it? I mean, that's the most important part, isn't it? <laughs> I guess. Well, here am I. Look at me. Cast in this, I'm sure he has done a hundred percent of every One Piece <laughs> product. He personally reviews every T-shirt and action figure. 
Although I hear that Chainsaw Man is pretty popular right now. I watched that first episode here in the States. It's on Hulu. I don't know what other... I'm sure it's on a hundred different services. Crunchyroll? I haven't watched Crunchyroll in a long time. I pay for Hulu, so they're in... They're a stable platform for me, commercial free and all that stuff. Last time I watched Crunchyroll, it was a lot of the same three ads. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe the, I'm sure they've fixed it. it. Yeah. Now they have a lot more advertisers, but it was just funny at the some of these streaming services when you watch them, the ad ones, you're like, you need to reach out and find another. I particularly like it when the ads are just for their own service, and I'm like, I'm already watching. I don't need an had to sell me on it but the, the the best though is when you're watching a music channel and they don't have any advertisers no one's like paid to advertise so they just run their own like little thing about you're watching blah 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 and yeah. then, and then the, there's where the ad's supposed to go but there's no ad and they just go right into videos again because they have no advertisers Oh, you run ads for yourself, but <laughs> all right. Well, anyways, we're sidetracked. So, uh, are you? Did you pre-order Rogue Trooper? I did not, because you have to. As far as I can tell, from well, I guess I could have pre-ordered it, like digitally, and everything. But I like skipping if they're doing that. Um, well, what do they call it? Regender, like they do these one shots sometimes in place of like it's your twenty thousand AD subscription, but like that's the issue that week. And if you don't subscribe, like you can skip out on those issues you don't want. So maybe you save the money by subscribing. So oh, maybe so it works your store the just... same thing, or you you save money by not subscribing because you can just skip out on certain extra things that. So your store just racks copies of the magazine and all that no, stuff? No, never. They would never do that. Oh, because you talked about you've read these things, so I didn't know if you were buying them off the rack or what. The digital rack? Oh, look at you going all digi. I mean, it, it's the it's probably the cheapest way to go. And, oh, and for then sure. it doesn't, like, something like that accumulates, like, awfully fast. Digitally, it still accumulates, man. I mean, you don't notice it. <laughs> You're looking at the jerk that has like loads of uh, uh, humble bundles from years ago that are still, <laughs> still mostly unread. Yeah, but I, f- I found out that you 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 contribute to charity other ways, so you don't look at humble bundle as a charity. So you're just like humble humble bundle. I'm already giving money to all of those yeah. charities. I don't need your free comics. Yeah, I, something tells here. me something tells me the four dollars or whatever that they give after their administrative cut and everything is uh maybe not how those charities are surviving. But as established I'm a bit more cynical about the fundraising as importance of Humble Bundle. I wonder if the companies that donate the material also get tax right off for that. I don't know. I, th- I think they would rather... Well, who knows? Well, no, if they're making no money already... Oh, I don't know how taxes work in your country. But if uh, well, you're making zero money, you're not... You, it's probably not going to work out for you. Like, what? what's the tax rate up going to be zero? Well, the ones I've done were dynamite. I did, like, companies that I presume are or were making money. I mean, down here, there's all... What I don't like down here is that all these retail chains are like, oh, you know, when you check out, they're like, do you want to give X amount of money to whatever cause? And that way they can take that as part of their charitable donation so they don't have to pay taxes. So this is so you deciding you don't want to pay taxes. Great. But it's also a convenience to you if, if, you, if you're too lazy. Yeah, but like, do I want to go out of your way and do that? And you're like, oh, I can just do it right now. It's just easier. But then I'm also depriving the tax base. But we're now way. I think we into should just weeds. not talk about comics the whole hour, <laughs> and then All just right, do another whole hour. As we've talked about before, Kevin, you were telling me that the company I like that did Heavy Metal Drummer is now Sumerian for some weird reason. You gave me some long, elaborate thing. Yeah, so I've been I, I buying think their they're, comics. They're really into. Uh into music and everything don't they come from, is that the company that comes from your neck of the woods 
No, I think Or was you that were... Aftershock or someone? No, no, you were saying that the company I mentioned last time, even though their indicia didn't say that. Yeah, well, don't they have... Don't, does, didn't Behemoth already have ads for Sumerian Records or something inside their comics? Yes, they have some musical connection. The one I think you were talking about was Opus that I've been buying from. And their indicia puts them in, like, uh, Florida, I think. Oh. And so you're like, Aftershock, oh, that one that's, that's from you? you? And I'm like... They're from their their bite. I mean, maybe they have offices here, but they're from Florida. Huh. And this company, Sumerian, I don't know. I don't think they're local. Their indicia puts them in Texas. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they, you know, if you're a big company, well, you got offices all over. Think... I think when you looked up Opus, they had some kind of offices in California or whatever, even though their base is in Florida. Maybe. Uh, wouldn't it but, make sense that that they would be uh, in Hollywood if that's how they're offing their properties to to make? Well, money I think most of their stuff was music, though, and I don't know that music. I mean, music is everywhere, right? I mean, anyone could be anywhere, I guess. I mean, I don't think of this Southern California as a. I think of like Nashville or whatever as music, or Memphis or those places. That, that's like country music, where where you all have to write all the music the same, isn't it? I think, so. but I think they do all kinds of. I think once one company goes, like it seems like they're all down there, and that's how businesses seem to work around here for some reason. I mean, it makes sense, I guess, if you write songs. What genre does it really matter you know what i mean so you're saying it's like the silicon valley of music yeah i believe that it's supposed to be a very like if you're a songwriter it's supposed to be i understand a good place to go not a songwriter don't tend to do it but yeah, i so, picked up so, so marion comics says an american comic book publisher based in los angeles california uh well their indicia <laughs> says texas and they print their books in canada so, I don't know <laughs> what you're talking about. Kevin. Oh, it says number of locations. Okay, headquarters is in L.A., but they also have a location in Dallas, Texas. Uh, they're indicia from Firstborns number one. We're located at 651 North Plano Road, Suite 421, Richardson, Texas. <laughs> don't send us any weird stuff. But, no, you get some, whatever some weird website says, Kevin. I'm sure that's better I mean, this than isn't what a weird they website. say. In their own comics. First, the chicken or the egg, right? I picked up E.E. Pliskin and Luca Velasso. As you guys know, I really liked uh, heavy metal drummers. Snake Pliskin you picked up? I like the... They kind of... A lot of times I feel like it's almost pseudo-blacklight kind of art with that kind of vibrant colors. And I feel like a lot of times the value is a base of black. For a lot of the pages. Um, and so Firstborns, it's less crazy. Like Heavy Metal Drummer, I feel like, was on 11. And this one, I feel like they wanted more of a regular story and plot line. I mean, it still has those strange elements, but it basically follows some sort of uh, extraterrestrial incursion into the United States. Well, I assume it's the U.S. It could be Canada, somewhere where they speak English. And we have three Australia teens on bicycles chasing another kid. And they chase him, chase him, chase him. And then he ends up banging his head. And they're like, oh, let's get out of here. He's probably dead. But he's not dead. And he encounters some of the alien essence that landed. But I feel like that's the long and the short of it. And I liked it because I enjoy the weird world. But I just wish it was weirder. I feel like that heavy metal drummer... It was just at a pace that was crazy and unsustainable and lovely for that sort of thing, which matched the art. And this one, I feel like someone had told them, hey, man, maybe you need to make the story more intelligible or more, you know, one action leads to the next type of thing where I like the just let it go, man. Each issue, a ton of stuff should happen. I don't need things spelled out. This isn't a Bendis comic. Wait, what? I feel like sometimes Bendis... Is that what he does? Super decompresses his books. 
to the point where not as much happens as I would like. He gets to every scene late and leaves every scene early. Okay. I thought you were the guy that didn't like his zooming in on planet Earth, but apparently <laughs> that Kevin died, and 2023 Kevin is now a fan. <laughs> I mean, people d- told him, I, I think it was something like, I didn't know you could do that in a comic. I'm like, yeah, you can not have that much happen. Actually, it's not as bad as I went to check back on it before, and it wasn't as bad as I made it out to be, but that was still a lot of pages and a lot of not stuff happening. Well, I think if you like Paper Girls or Stranger Things or that kind of like teen hijinks in a crazy world, Firstborns might be for you. I only have issue one. As you guys know, I go to the store when I go to the store, so I don't know if issue two is out yet. But, you know, when I see it like Heavy Metal Drummer, I'll keep buying them. I wish they put more. In. Now, that now the thing I do like, though, is they put the issue number on the cover. So their change to Sumerian has had some. Like I said, this seems a little bit slicker. They're putting issue numbers where you can easily find them. the stories a little more transparent. Like, I don't know. I'm going to blow that good holes that in your bad? entire theory. What, that it's more coherent and slicker? Or, well, some of those things that you said. Because I also have a behemoth comic. Oh, nice. Is which one? Is it the purple one? Uh, Never Ender. I don't think I have that one. I want to hear about <laughs> it. And it tells you the price on it. It tells you the issue. It tells you the creative team and everything right on the front cover. Whoa. Oh, this one has the creative team and issue number, but it, Heavy Metal Drummer, I liked that it. it was so crazy. Now, is it the same shorter, short, wide format? No. No, this one actually is, is regular comic sized, and it has a thick cardstock cover. And I couldn't tell you if there was more pages in here, but it, it felt like there was more pages, but maybe that's, I don't know, whatever gives you that impression, right? interesting the maybe the sumerian is their imprint where they're going to keep this kind of stranger format that i like it just it helps it stand out on the shelf i mean yeah you're technically getting slightly less content because the page isn't as long or whatever but i don't know i just thought it was real eye-catching cover in a slightly different size book i thought was smart well some you you know how some readers and retailers are when you make different size comics yeah, well, the, it's not I'm not like I think that's more when they're cr- like extra long or some weird like this fits this racks next to regular books because it's just a little bit shorter. It's not it's not really any wider than and it's not that much. It's like an inch shorter. It's not like it's so like, oh, my gosh, it's unrecognizable to the other one. No, no, no. It's perfectly it just has a little bit shorter that kind of gets it out but phil you might be interested apparently they have a nancy in hell i don't know if if it's an existing title or not but they have Mm -hmm. at least a nancy in hell book at their you know through this sumerian i bet you it's a new one because nancy in hell seems to keep going yeah i don't i never know with the you know you can buy rights or maybe it's just for one of them or whatever but yeah Yeah. uh uh, the sumerian ink is kind of fun i'm i'm enjoying all the craziness. But anyways, tell me about this behemoth. Well, it, it has a creative team on here, and I find it's interesting. They have the editor on the cover, but they don't have the guy that does the backup story. <laughs> well, editors, oh. with your uh, old dog, wasn't that was, uh, we decided the, uh, the editor was pretty important? Well, know, the editor is gaps. sometimes pretty important. I mean, you need to bounce some ideas off of someone. Like, you, you don't necessarily want the editor running the story for you. But, yes. you know. <laughs> I so, my understanding be... is that when it got bought out, so do you think, I thought Behemoth wasn't going to continue, but it sounds like this is continuing. Um, like, I thought they were going to get eaten up by, yeah, you know, in those I'm mergers not... where they push them together. I'm not 100% sure when this came out. Like, oh, okay. it, it was in the new issues section, but I'm not, but it probably was from this summer. 
So maybe okay. it it was already like at the printer or done before they had changed everything up. That's just my speculation, though. No, that I don't know know that either. I had just thought, but it makes sense. Like if you already got it, no one's going to waste a bunch of pus, and people might know it. And you know, if you've done a bunch of advertising too, like oh the creative team's been doing tons of press and podcasts and everything yeah you wouldn't necessarily want to shift it up and then plus with that three month preview cycle and everything you if it's already in there you definitely don't want to mess with that that's where i think i noticed it too was in the previews i'm like oh they're going under another another name nice nice well anyways tell us about this this so bad the, boy yeah this this one's by craft Ikis, and uh lou and backup story um by hustle but this is I picked this up because it has a pretty striking cover. Like every like the the credits and everything are like at an angle and like sort of behind that is like a planet or a spaceship and like a like a moon and then there's like an astronaut and he's like being stabbed from an like an unknown foe possibly uh with a sword and there's like white coming out of him ah, nice yeah so i'm just like i'm like wow that grabs my attention and then you take a like a then you notice the the heavy cardstock and then you take a peek inside and you're like oh space stuff yeah, i mean there's I a lot of here in here that isn't space stuff but i mean i've that's... always <laughs> said at least for me covers are a big you know if it makes it stand out and you're like what's that you know that's yeah I do judge books by their... I mean, then you look at it, but it's got me to try a bunch of stuff. Like, don't cheap out on them. Yeah, so... And then you look inside, and it's like a very clean line. Like, animation cells. So it's 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 very nice to look at, and it's it's not like... I don't know, I want to... don't want to... Sometimes you want that amateur's look, I guess, if you're reading certain things. So I wouldn't say that, oh, this doesn't look amateur's, but it... It looks a certain way. Like, it, it looks perfect with how it is. Like, it's it's not like someone struggling with an anime or something. Like, this looks how it's supposed to look. So you, you first get in here with um, a bunch of guys in, in uh, their astronauts. And they're, like, fighting it out with swords. And you're like, what is happening? And then it gives you, like, all the rules and all that stuff. And you're just like, oh, well... That is cool. Like, obviously, one of them is going to puncture the other one's, like, air supply or something, and then someone's going to die. And then uh, that's the end of that guy. But that's not really the story. I mean, that was a cool intro, though, I gotta admit. <laughs> and the backup story is, like, another one of those, like, um, one of those one of those fights, one of those scenes uh, in, like, outer space. But what it's ends up telling you is that's like like some of that is happening in outer space like in uh, another place so it's like some people went to uh went to space and like the uh, and then the people like i guess if you're a rich or a construction worker or whatever like you're you've been to space but if you were uh poor or what have you uh you're you're stuck on um earth that's not the most uh hospitable uh climate and place to be in so it's uh and what's weird too is it has this like flashback and like the character that's like this kid's father their face is like scratched out like i guess just to be like it, it kind of reminds me of like like the any burglar like spider-man oh look it's the any burglar it's a generic burglar so it's like the any father. It's like, oh, this could, guy could be anyone's father. I mean, that's what it reminds me of anyways. So you do you do a little bit of uh, flashback stuff about um, what this kid's been through. And then you sort of get the lowdown on, um, on this world. The riots and a bunch of other stuff going on. But uh, I guess people really want to get to space, right? Like freedom and uh, it's much better than Earth. Yeah, if the Earth is all polluted, who doesn't want to go to space? So, like, he ends up in jail, and then, like, someone gets him out of there, and they're like, oh, we, you know, we can, uh, 
Well, I guess if you if you have enough know-how, like you can get the parts and stuff, maybe uh, find um, an old like model space shuttle or something, assemble all the stuff together, and potentially uh, get off the Earth. But uh, you know things aren't always so friendly on the Earth, so. I mean, some of the people that are supposed to make it off Earth don't make it off. And the kid actually does make it off. But it's like, how is he going to fly this thing? Like, can he fly this thing? And the, uh, uh, all the sequences in here, like, they usually pick, like, one color. I mean, there is there is credits for tones in here. So I, I assume that's, that's what it was from. So you sort of have, like, the uh, a blue... Maybe pink or purple at the beginning, and then it, and then it, it sort of changes partway through to like different blues or like more like a darker color, and then sort of more of the black and white at, a, at some point or of a brown. So I I think it was an interesting for uh, a sci-fi story. Like it fits in my my. I mean, it's not the my um, Europa Jupiter category, but space stuff uh, that I'm interested in. Is it a one and done jobber? No, it's very much uh, a next issue type of thing. But I don't know how many issues it would be. All right. Yeah, I don't. They're always a little opaque. At yeah. least for and me. And I laugh on the I'm... cover how it says price. It says five bucks. <laughs> and there's also a thing on the back cover where it says, like, God bless the ring. And that's also what characters say in here with, like, a sword going through, like, a skull. Almost like a, like, we were talking about music, almost like that kind of a, a logo type of. So, yeah, that was worthwhile. Yeah, it's fun to take a shot. Take a shot at something new. And I did something in similar fashion if you will as you guys know sometimes i try and uh I, you guys know carrie callen nope he Don't does a blog and one uh, the, uh, like funny stuff probably his most famous thing would be he created like animated covers of famous comic books so there's the iron man 128 demon in a bottle and tony stark is shaking like he's got their shakes. You mean like like Dan's? Yeah. Like Avatar on the board? Yeah. He's the one that did that. Okay. And then he's got the Spider-Man famous 33 where he's under the machinery and the water is running. Yeah. Yeah. And a Justice League one where they're spinning. Just, and he does a lot of humor. He has a blog, Carrie Callen at Blogspot. And it goes on today. And it's just funny stuff. And I've always liked, I like those covers. I like the goofy silly things he does and i saw that he had this fun uh his own book and i didn't know his characters halo and sprocket so they oh, did a print collection yeah i know them so for i had never read them right i i only yeah, knew them yeah. from his blog and i was like well i'll ask santa for that and got it and i was like you know what this is fun like i'm not i've just started it because i just got it for the holidays and the conceit is Halo and Sprocket are an angel and a robot, and then they live with Katie, a human, our regular character. But because they're they're the kind of fish out of water, literal interpretation, don't understand idioms of humanity. So th that's where the humor can come out of that. Is you know, like they literally take things that are not meant to be literal and don't understand expressions and idioms and things like that. And Katie, our vessel our our way in can identify that. So <laughs> yeah, but uh, check out the uh, Carrie Callen at dot blogspot.com. And you'll have like some of this stuff makes it onto other websites and he has his most popular ones that include the animated comic book covers. Like you can just click on the link on the side but just check any of his stuff. I think it's all kind of funny and it's just a lot of great content because I didn't know Halo and Sprocket. I was like, well, I should, you know, if I'm reading all this guy and I like his stuff, well, why don't I try 
reading his stuff. You know what I mean? Like his actual, he does the art and the script and everything. Yeah. I think it's just a one man. Like it feels like it might have been a web comic or something. I don't know. But yeah. So I was like, if you like someone, reach out and, you know, check out their stuff. So it's mostly that in the back there are just some, like a little page about kind of other goofy gag strips and some of the history of it. And then just some weirdo little uh, covers and sketches of the different characters. But it's pretty recent, I think, or at least my printing was pretty recent. Or yeah, maybe it's print on demand. Is much older. I think Phil told me about some of these places now do print on demand, and this might be one of those. I don't know. Yeah. Well, for small companies, it's just cheaper for them, I guess, right? Yeah. I'm thinking mine. What? What was it? Oh, I can't remember the company, but yeah, there was definitely a company that was publishing well, like, it before. Uh, it's uh, SLG was the one originally. Oh, that maybe that's the one I have. Oh, okay. Which was a fun company. But yeah, I was like, oh, I really like this guy and I'm enjoying it. And it's, I think most, I mean, he wrote some new, but I think it's mostly from way back when. But I don't care. And it encourages people. You know, I feel like even if I end up like learning to hate it or not liking it or whatever, it's nice to reward people who put their work out there, so to speak, you know. But I am enjoying it so far. But I liked his. All his goofy, making fun of comic book type stuff. I have two follow-ups. Go for it. So I finally got around to uh, Magical Beatdown number three. Oh, you teased that in a recent episode of Indie Comic Book Noise. Much Beatdown was in here. Yeah, you said you thought this might be, if I'm not mistaken, bigger than the last, the other volume. I should have checked, shouldn't I? Eh, It's fine. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, you know, part of this is what you take away from the book. I mean, you can also do notes or whatever. You can also just take away what you take away. Yeah. What stays with you after reading it. I, I, mean, I mean, I think it, it, it stays with you. Like like some, uh, there's always usually something like some creepy guys gets with what's coming to them. And like it, it, it breaks out into like the, the different colors, uh, colors and everything when... Um... The magical, like, Sailor Moon-like uh, character shows up. Who is now wanted by the police, apparently. Now, did you pick right up, or did you flip through volumes one and two to remember what no. was going on? <laughs> I don't think this is one of those situations where you need to. I think you can just pick up anyone you want and have a fun time. Like, I don't... It's not like it's like um, some labyrinth of uh, continuity or... Uh, Something like that. What might be more of a labyrinth of continuity is IDW Star Trek. Oh, so you did decide to jump in and help out how uh, the ideas workshop works. Now, which is this a new crew or one from one of the existing pre-existing media? Now, this this is one of the the new ones from the uh, Harbinger creative team of Kelly and Lansing. I believe you know them. Oh, yeah, we've talked about them most recently on Sister Show Marvel Noise <laughs> for their work on Captain America. They came to my attention way, way back. They did a Penguins of Madagascar adaptation comic in the when they were more earlier in their career. Yeah, so I, certainly I, used to adapting properties. Yeah, I, I hear people are raving about that Captain America run, and then Steve brings us back down to Earth. <laughs> See, you complain about us talking about DC, and now you're going all Marvel. Oh, good point. I can feel putting you in your place, Kevin. Now you have to leave in all that DC stuff. I don't know what you're yeah. talking about. That's not in the episode. But anyways, I guess they had issue 400. Um, You, you can check out how they got to that number. Well, I'm not going to count them old. I mean, <laughs> I have some of the... What was that, gold key? I have a few, because... They always had such nice, again, to go back to our earlier point, really nice covers on a lot of those books from back in the day. So I, I, I was a little hesitant um, because I don't know if you noticed, like some of these IDW books are like uh, $4.99. But I did account. Oh, I'm sure. And... The, that G.I. Joe 300 was, I mean, it was a big book, but that well, was that, not yeah, must have been big. regular. You know, those Joe fans are, are, are wild. I tried to get one of the, the last issue half price. It went like that. I was like, really? 
well, half price, you cheap. So it's, no, oh, but, I wanted to get this the given away to me. must be so low. I'm like, how many fans are like, I don't know. Half price. I thought they like, would have yeah, had yeah. all their pre-orders in already. Because that's the only, they're going to print the order. There won't be like all these, you know what I mean? All that. I don't no, know. I, I don't know. Maybe someone they... spec'd it. Yeah, how many? So basically, if you don't expect to get, you expect to get all your comics at half price now, Kevin? Is that like it's crazy <laughs> fans if you can't get every book you want half price? <laughs> no. No, he just had the opportunity. And I thought, I'm going to get this issue 300. And then it, it didn't. It didn't materialize. It didn't happen. Okay. But anyhow. I, I mean, I, count... I get buying books at half off, but this expectation that, oh, every comic I get should be 50% off, or I'm That's not buying you. it. That's what you expect. I mean, I'm sure if you paid cover price, Kevin, you could have had it. I mean, I thought about pre-ordering it, but then I didn't for whatever reason. It was probably like the end of a nine-part story or something. I don't know. I mean, it was more tempting to to jump into Turtles just before 100 than GI Joe at 300. Well, look, I ain't gonna lie. In America, it was 6.99. Yeah, then so now, that's now real you, cheddar. That's gonna be like a, a 10 dollar book. But I also didn't expect to get it 50 percent off. So, you know. I mean, I I have certain. I, there's a reason why I expect it for 50 percent off. I mean, yeah. he was sitting there. No one was buying it at the regular price, and I'm like, "Oh, I can probably get that." I well, mean, if you those should, guys when were it was really there, into that book, they would have bought it already for ten dollars. See, you should have tried offered maybe like uh, only twenty percent off or something. You probably would have had it, <laughs> Mister Greedy. <laughs> I guess so. So I did count the pages in the Star Trek, and it was thirty-two pages. I mean, thirty-two pages of story. So I'm like, is that how IDW lists it? Then I started wondering, what did they list this issue as in in the when they're stuck in the back of the in the middle of the previews catalog? I'm like, and now I have to look back. I wonder if they listed it at 32 pages, because they're doing themselves a disservice then if they're charging an extra dollar but listing at 32 pages. Maybe it was listed at 40 pages for all I know. Yeah, well, it was an anniversary issue, and those are that was the GI Joe too. You know, they're always a you can expect to get soaked for an anniversary issue. This is the first issue. I didn't buy four hundred. Oh, uh, so oh, uh, sorry. I thought you mentioned this is no, no, no. I think there was something in four hundred, but I didn't read four hundred. So I only oh, the Kevin, you were here. too intimidated, right? You're like, I haven't read the previous three hundred. <laughs> exactly. How many volumes oh. do I have to read? <laughs> so Star Trek one. So is this Captain Kirk and the? Uh, Adventures of the Starship Enterprise? No, but I, I, I did, my brain was sort of like trying to work out where it fits in the continuity. Because it does take place after a certain series, but it seems like it's before other things have happening. Like it's not in the present day. Like it's not with like Star Trek Picard, like the modern day. I don't, isn't. Isn't there something even more modern than that? No. I mean, I'm not a Star Trek guy, but I thought they'd moved on to have new TV shows and stuff that weren't him. See, that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. They're, they have modern day shows that take place in in the past and in the future, you know, of their timeline. But what I consider the the modern day for them is them to just continue from where most of their stories from like 1980s or whatever just continue to, continued out of like sort of like the the next generation D Space 9 Voyager timeline like that's that's what basically I consider the regular modern day present is this getting confusing enough is. hey look man I'm not a Star Trek guy I tapped out after Tom Baker left Tom Baker. <laughs> so you and your Matt Smith Star Trek or whatever, I don't pay attention. No, it was always um oh god, what's his name? Not Tenet. What was the guy? The guy before that. Matt he, was, Smith? he was there for one season. I don't know. Our joke I is getting really because I'm a big Doctor Who fan, but I'm not gonna <laughs> <laughs> Phil, we know you don't watch Doctor Who. I love I... Doctor Who. 
I uh, Matt Smith's my favorite, actually. What's oh. the name of the robot dog, Phil? I'm giving you uh, the geek test. There we go. Yeah. Well, what's the name of the? But I like the newer stuff. The old stuff I liked as a kid, but it's me. It's like Dave Tennant and Matt Smith. I'm a fan of. Wow. Like I like uh, those that part of it. So wait, you don't like them bad guys that can't go I'm upstairs? Super, or... <laughs> I'm super excited for the new one because they dropped a trailer for it on Christmas. And uh, so yeah, I'm super excited for the like, one that will be on Disney Plus. I thought they usually drop them at Christmas special or something. Uh, there's no Christmas special this year. I thought it was interesting. Didn't they have a lady Doctor Who recently? Yeah, so she's done now. And and the old man back, uh, Doctor and Who. Back Tim. <laughs> old man Doctor Who. Yeah, wasn't Peter Capaldi <laughs> Doctor yeah. Who for a while? Yeah, He's he, not he young. was the one before the female yet. He got in on that saying. old man craze before it was popular. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that some of those guys back in the day, I don't know how old those old-timey actors were when they were doing it. You know what I mean? I mean, I only really watched the Tom Baker stuff as a kid. I don't know how old Patrick Troutman or whatever it was when he did it. That was one of the Doctor Whos, right? So I, I guess the Doctor Whos, they usually go, they're like, oh, those guys were too old, and then they go... Now we're gonna do. Now it's only young guys all the time. I mean, I, I guess James Bond never really stuck to that thing you're supposed to do. Well, some of it's just who they think's gonna, you know, sell tickets or whatever. I would guess. Plus, you need a pretty good commitment for those things. I mean, you just yeah. roll that truck up to their house, and then they just do another movie. I guess I don't know. I got to think the James Bond people seem pretty finicky, but I'm not a James Bond person. I, I don't know. It, it it seemed like every every Daniel Craig movie, like it was it was like, oh, this is the last one, and then it, like it always worked out that he did another one. No, I don't blame him. Good money. I just have a fear. <laughs> it seemed like, and again, maybe this is me showing my age. That people would debate like, oh, what's the best James Bond type of thing, and have pretty strong feelings about it. Well, yeah. I was trying to think of another franchise that has 24 movies that went from the 60s till now that, like, lasted. I'm like, that that's crazy. Well, there are certainly ones that have had way more movies. Like, I think the Blondie and Dagwood, they made, like, 50 movies or something back then. But that's when they would crank out those movies yeah, like yeah. crazy. But it makes me fun to think, like, Dennis the Menace or whatever had, like, millions of movies back in the the old days and you're like yeah i wouldn't know any of them was there any significant difference but there are some they just i think it's now so expensive to make movies it's hot you just don't crank them out like one a year anymore you know what i mean that's because they want it to be expensive though too like they don't know how yeah but i mean i think people ex otherwise they'll be like well why don't i just watch it on tv or what you know well that's they... also a people problem yeah, but people, bro. I think you mean customers. <laughs> like... No, no, but it's like I remember when Knives Out came out, and people are like, "Oh my God, this!" Is... They were like, "This is a regular movie again. It's not all Marvel and DC at the at, at the theater." And I was just like, "Really, people? Uh, well, you can make money making regular movies and have them be good and have a jolly old time. Let's let's go go to the cinema again." Eh. So that means you were pretty excited for Avatar 2. <laughs> oh jeez, I didn't even watch the first one. I don't I had remember. enough of I had enough of even even well respected comic people saying this is the future of cinema. This is like birth of a century. This, this is where all movies are headed for the future. I'm not a fan of Avatar at all, but I did see the second one and it's just more of the same. I was really surprised they didn't that seems like something they could have had a real strong comic book presence with. Not that there haven't been, but, you know, like really, you know, let's make a whole well, Avatar just, universe. And They sat on it too long, I think, you know, like, who cares by now? Yeah, well, I didn't care. people right cared now. enough. But I, w I am always surprised it, at how. It looked good and everything, but. Hey, people love sequels, at least in America. I don't know about Canada, but Top Gun, like that was a huge movie last year. The sequel. 
I mean, yeah, that, made, I, that was like that, the biggest that's, movie. That's the latest thing that you always have your sequel be like 20 years after your movie, at least. And uh, I didn't. I thought it was okay, but I'm like, I just watched, waited till it made it to home viewing and was like, but I wasn't a fan of the bit first one. So I don't know how much you had to be a big Top Gun fan either. That was another one they could have had done a whole comic book universe for. I guess. Yeah, military yeah, stuff. I, I, I don't know if if I'm super excited to necessarily see all these things. Adapted I don't want into... Tom Cruise in my comics. Fuck that. Yeah, but did you like the Top Gun movies no, though, Kevin? I don't like. Well, Phil doesn't. I think I I think I saw that and I think I liked it, but that was yeah, ages so... ago. Like I I cast that off as like debris of a movie I watched like ages ago. Where I'm like, I don't need a sequel to this movie. Yeah, so you wouldn't be a prime person for the comic no. book adaptation. Well, it, yeah, it's just like <laughs> it's. I guess I kind of compare it to like the, like Tobey Maguire. Oh, he was in Spider Man. Yeah, but I cast that aside. Like I don't need to see him as Spider Man again. So, yeah. yeah. I'll be honest. I don't know that I could remember those movies. If you ask me, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I really feel like I enjoyed them, but they're so long ago. And so yeah, I don't know if they would hold up for us now. I don't think so. I mean, if you quiz me on so. the plot points of the different movies, I don't know. I'd probably confuse the Andrew Garfield and the Tobey Maguire. You know, I like Andrew Garfield. He's my favorite Spider-Man. I just feel like to me, all that stuff just kind of washes into, you know, movies I watched a long time ago. Pretty much. That's how Star Trek was at one point. Whoa, so what do you think I, of this I, comic? I don't know if this will mean anything. Circling back around to I don't it, know if yeah. this will mean anything to you, Andrew, but I was very surprised to see Captain Sisko in this comic. It does not. I stopped watching. I only really watched the old original one, the Captain Kirk and those guys. So I don't know any of the... I mean, except the extent that it permeated pop culture, which I know is something you don't believe in, Kevin. If it's not something you don't watch, you don't know it at all, but... So I'm aware of some of the other stuff, but it's something that I watched. You can bubble a lot of stuff pretty well. I don't know. I found it hard to bubble out that other bits of Star Trek. (laughs) I mean, I mean, it was it was pretty much everywhere at one point. It seemed like, especially if you run in certain circles, like someone will mention, "Hey, Star Trek!" Like you're you're, it's gonna be hard to be into comics and sci-fi and tune out yeah. all of star trek it's like me trying to tune out star wars like i just absorb some of that stuff just i have to like i don't have a choice i mean i do like i won't lie i was always a fan i liked uh mego toys so when i was a kid they had the star trek toys but that was the original series anyways but i really did like them you know the i think they're eight inch dolls with like you wouldn't like them kevin they have cloth clothes and stuff but they were kind of fun had a fair amount of uh, articulation too, but those old Mego dolls I really liked, of Captain Kirk and all that. In fact, I still have, <laughs> I still have my original bones from way back when. He was the Doctor Kevin. I've watched those shows. Yeah, I don't Pro- know. probably more than you have. That when <laughs> people started hating on like the Gorn when they showed up in Star Trek Discovery, I'm like. My dudes, I've watched that episode like 10 times and I'm going to watch it again. And the Gorn still matches up with what happened in that show and what happened in the original show. I also thought that first one had really fun music too as a kid. It did. I love the like, music. Like really, really driving good songs. And I was like, yeah, that was a score, you know. The the battle, the fight music, excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, I really, really dug that stuff. But like I said, I'm not going to pretend I'm a Star Trek expert. So, <laughs> Well, I'll tell you, Andrew, that, that this is a pretty good cast of characters we got in this book. It's like some new characters, some old-ish, I guess, characters. Well, it's fun they put time travel in Star Trek so they can team up whatever cast they want and not really worry about... You know, oh, this guy would have been dead 100 years ago. Or well, I, I, I don't know if you know what happened to Scotty, but he got stuck in the transporter. And he held his pattern in the buffer from the original series to the next generation. All I know is uh, 
<laughs> James Doolin uh, put on a lot of weight, I felt like. <laughs> I mean, yes. That's my recollection yes, he did. of Scotty is that he didn't, uh, he might, it was never like super trim, but man, he seemed to really, uh, you know, enjoy his provisions. So I'm sure I know this artist, like this Ramon Rosanas. I, I'm sure I know them from somewhere. Like maybe some other licensed book or somewhere, but I mean they do a pretty good job on getting the characters to look the way they're supposed to look. I mean, of course, so you're someone able has to a pick goatee. Out someone is bald, you know. Like I mean, that helps. But there, like, there's only a few times where I'm like, I don't know. I guess if if you were like on Voyager and you were more like. You know when they like they try to do the Funko Pops, and if you were if you would just have like a generic face, it doesn't come off. Yes. And they like need there's some one guy here that fit or something to sell it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like they they don't have any distinguishing characteristics. They're just I don't know. So it's like there is a character in here that's just like I I'm like they say their name, but I'm like that's not really. But I don't I don't know if it's necessarily their fault. Like they can't get the whatever the thing is there to make the person pop. No, like, it's not wonder, that. Maybe, maybe there were one or two actors where they didn't have the likeness right. <laughs> <laughs> that would be weird. But yeah, this, this is definitely interesting, pulling on um, all that Star Trek history. And then, like, and then I'm thinking back to, like, I haven't seen, like, the last episode of Deep Space Nine in, like, ages. Like, I rewatched all the other stuff. And it's funny that Deep Space Nine was my favorite, but I, like, never went back to rewatch it. I was like, that series is perfect. I'm not going back. But I'm like, yeah, I guess there there was something, like, where, like, Cisco could be here and, like, hey, we have to go on another mission. And I'm like, I guess that's how the show ended. Like, it seems to fit. Yeah, why not? Right, so did you, are you now going to be getting this comic going forward? I think the other issues are also four ninety nine, and I cannot verify if there are extra pages. So, uh, Andrew, I might be waiting for the fifty percent off again. Yeah, but I am definitely interested to read more of this series. Why not? Apparently, that's your standard price expectation. So, <laughs> I uh, why not? Hey, if I get all my comics fifty percent off, I'd probably be buying a lot more too. I mean, that's the thing. You never save the money; you just buy more. Oh, for sure. That's why I'm like, oh, just give me credit on trade-ins because I'm just gonna, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna be spending it here anyways for more reasons to, you know, spend on comics. All right, is that a good spot? Do we keep going? What's going on, boys? Uh, you you, you don't want to hear about uh, a suicidal robot? Sure, or, if you want to. It's or, up to you. Or or a uh, uh, hollow in the hollows. I mean, this is your show. You're running it. <laughs> I'm running it now. Yeah, you're going to do this fake. I thought you were going to fake out the listeners with some intro pretending to be the A-team. Then everyone will be sad when it's really? just Phil and I. You want me to do yeah. that? And you said you were going to edit us out, everything we said at the beginning. I mean, the episode's probably half an hour after I edit out the bleep review of that movie. Oh, that we're not going to talk about I don't know why you hate Black Adam so much. I mean, I mean he you is know. a cool Fawcett character. <laughs> he he, he was is. snapping a lot of necks back then. Yeah, with his funny and little ears. He was also in that title that was more popular than that other title from the Distinguished Competition. So then they had to sue them. Captain Marvel? Yes. Was that the name of the comic? That was the name. Well, okay. well I guess the original one was the Wiz Comics. Yeah, I thought it had a different name. Yeah, but yeah. there was a Captain Marvel family and a bunch of different things. Oh, for sure. I yeah, mean, with I think Hoppy even, and all that. I think Hoppy had his own book at yeah. some point. <laughs> I love it when those things get so popular. Like, crank out every spin-off <laughs> title you can think of. I know, not a modern invention. Yeah. Hey, you gotta strike while the iron's hot. By, uh, many of the accounts I've read of that was... Um, Fawcett in the end just in some ways didn't really mind losing because the property wasn't valuable by the time everything at some point it had ceased to be the instant money maker it was 
that 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 just seems like so much untapped potential. They've never really done enough I mean, with I mean, the character. Like, I if, mean, I had if a TV show and stuff. But... If they're gonna come out with like a Fawcett Comics Captain Marvel, and it's like, it's like, oh, Matt Fraction's writing it now. I would just be like, what? I mean, Morrison did a good go on some of that. Well, I mean, it's um, people love it. I think the conceit of the kid and the adult is less interested to modern. There aren't that many. I mean, there's a whole genre of that, but the superheroes don't really do as much of the young kid. We had some with like Moon Girl and maybe the Wasp that's fun. But I feel like they don't have as many where it's like, oh, you want to have the young kid centered in the book as much. There's so much young kid stuff. There is so much. Yeah, I mean, if, but that's if, all if like America separate. is not providing it, other countries are going to provide it. Uh, no, I meant in the superhero. I mean, you have like Dog Man and all those smile. But like those are all protagonists are young, but they're not set within that same universe of Superman and Batman and Bloodshot and whatever other group. Quick, uh, Phil, My give Hero me some. Academia. Uh, Phil, give me some uh, Rob Liefeld image characters. Better uh, kids. Blood Strike. Blood Kid. Blood Wolf. <laughs> now you're just Blood making pool. stuff up. No, I'm not. <laughs> Blood Pool is a team. Death Blood. Blood There's Spear. Strike. Blood Wolf. E. X. Metal Death. Death Metal. All right, guys. But thanks, everyone, for listening. 2023, it's going to be fun.